Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I've listened to almost all of them, so I, it's just an impulse. <laughs> anyway, the intros. <laughs> um, I'm Guile. Lot is on special assignment. I'll be filling in with for her tonight. I'm Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr, and I have with me Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, Chickren on Tumblr. Kama. Hey, I'm Kama, and I'm Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Eon. I'm Eon, Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And first time guest, Healy. Hi, I'm Healy, the Helium Taxi on the Tumblr. Or and as wife. Pro- providing the soundtrack. She's <laughs> <laughs> kind of playing the Arias, the Maisie Williams, Sophie Turner on the DVD commentary effect I think we have going. <laughs> I'm waiting for the episode where they just play that instead of the actual theme. They'll just play <laughs> their version. I'm so, waiting for the episode where they do the Peter Dinklage version. You know, I know. I feel like Peter, Peter Dinklage, Dinklage would do Peter that. Peter Dinklage. He should. Peter he Dinklage. Should. Um, tonight, actually, we're going to eventually discuss um, Cersei's penultimate chapter in A Feast for Crows. And I totally said that just because I wanted to say the word penultimate. Um, so we are on Cersei 9. And trigger warnings for rape, torture, the huge. <laughs> Cersei chapter, you gotta have the warning for torture in there. And spoilers for, like, everything. Much. So we open up the chapter with Cersei interrogating Pycelle about Giles Rossby's death. She accuses him of poisoning him for Marjorie so that the Tyrells can place one of their own as the master of coin. Pycelle basically sputters around and claims um, patient doctor confidentiality before he finally figures out what Cersei really wants. And he tearfully confesses that Marjorie comes to him for moon tea. So, do you guys believe that? Is Marge getting moon tea? I don't think so. I don't know. He does allude. He does allude before he says the moon tea thing. He alludes that there are other things that Marjorie's been getting from him. So, I mean, it's possible, but she just seems so smart otherwise. Yeah. And that's what if like moon a... tea is like birth control, where people can use it without actually having sex? It's just like, no, it just keeps me no, regular. It, <laughs> it, it really, it feels like a dumb move for Marjorie to be making, and mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like, I mean, she's been so careful that for her to do that and to go to somebody who's been so, you know, such a Lannister loyalist, it just seems like a very strange, like, I can't believe she'd do that. I mean, she yeah. really has to work Pycelle to get him to figure out what she wants him to say. Yeah, right. he, She's, he she was asking, out. maybe she was asking for, like, one of her friends, one of her BFFs, you know? <laughs> I'm holding it for a friend. It's not yeah. We're all younger than she is. Yeah, I, I, I really think no, I, I, I'm not saying that she, 
Like, I kind of doubt she's a virgin and all that, but it just seems like for somebody who's been playing such a close, careful game up until then, that just seems like such a boneheaded move. Well, and why would she go to Pycelle? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Pycelle, he's the one. He's the one I'm going to go to for what? I mean, they have a big family. (laughs) They've got other people they trust more. Wouldn't she go to... Like another maester for that kind of thing. I can't believe that she'd be going to Pycelle of all people. But obviously Pycelle was having, I mean, who knows? Maybe Pycelle was in some kind of um, plot with the Tyrells. Although it seems odd since he does seem like genuinely a Lannister loyalist. Like Lannister for life. Yeah. Because of the fear. It seems almost like he's so scared of doing anything else other yeah, than Lannister loyalty. Because he's it, seen what they do but i mean he's there there are theories that he originally was either somehow related or you know a bannerman or something and he was fairly loyal to tywin and to not Tyrion. obviously i don't know it it just seems like not the smartest move marjorie could actually it seems like one of the dumber moves marjorie could be (laughs) making and i'm I mean, the irony with this whole story is that it doesn't matter how smart she is. I mean, the the deck stacked against her with Cersei, but that he would be legitimately, I mean, I don't know. I just, it doesn't seem like a, a prudent move on her part either to ask for it or to ask for it from him of all people. And yeah, she's been it's... so careful to always be with other people, her cousins, that she's always in a group. Yeah, and if the chapter follows any sort of pattern, it's her demanding information from Pycelle and getting the wrong information, but it's the one she wants, and then demanding information from the singer, getting information that's a lies, and then telling like the um, kettle black guy, like, do this thing, and he's like, okay, I'll lie. Like, it's just, she keeps telling everybody to lie, so it almost seems like, well, Pycelle's just another dude in the line lying for Cersei and her really, really not good plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that is absolutely what I think it is, is it's just that he's playing along. You can't completely rule out that he did give her moon tea, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. And did you guys not love that she manages to get mad at Pycelle for Robert dying? Which is hilarious. <laughs> it's like the list yeah. of people she, li- like the list of all the people who died. It's like, Cersei, you did that, all of them. Well, I think that's a threat. Almost. That's that's treason, exactly. you know? Like, yeah. That's it, you know, she's basically telling, "Give me what I want or I'm chopping your head off." At that point. Just so rich. It's just such a Cersei moment. Mm. Only Cersei would have the just balls for lack of better <laughs> words. <laughs> so, Pycelle goes on to discuss the Rosby inheritance, and apparently there's a ward, but Cersei blows him off and we don't hear who it is. And claims the inheritance for the crown, thinking perhaps to offer it to that hottie Irene Waters. So I did a little research about who is the Rosby Ward. Uh And it's really, it's interesting. And I'll link to, I'll link to a post on Tumblr. It's actually a blog post, but I'll um, link to it on our Tumblr after this airs. But the most popular theory is actually that it's Oliver Frey. Because his mom was a Rosby. And he was actually like 18 years old. So the theory is that he was this, he was the ward. He was there. That's why he was older, but was still Rob Squire. And that, um, you know, the problem that Pycelle is trying to warn Cersei about is that, no, you don't want to, you don't want to dick over this guy who's already inclined to, 
you know, not be a Lannister fan. Like, we've already learned that when um, Felice and her husband came to him, came to the ward, the ward would not let him in the house. Mm-hmm. So they have something against the Stokeworths, and um, yeah, so there's a bunch of theories, but that seems the most popular one. Well, Well, yeah, it's funny that you say that, because I think there was a thread very recently on the ASOIF uh, subreddit about uh, Giles Rosby's ward and how there must be something going on, because we've heard about this ward a few times. This is the third time just in Cersei's chapters that we've heard about him, I think. So, yeah, clearly there's something going on, something that will probably pay off later. I think it's like Randall Tarly name dropping in Game of Thrones. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to come up. (laughs) Well, I mean, even if... This is the problem with her. Even if this guy isn't anybody to worry about, she never takes that extra step to think mm-hmm. through the ramifications. Mm-hmm. You're going to disinherit someone. Okay, that happens. I mean, it's happened. We've seen it happen without much in the way of consequence. If the person is insignificant enough and not going to cause a fuss. But you but, don't take over a fray. But no, but I mean, <laughs> that's the problem. She's not actually taking the step. To think about, okay, right. if I make move A, what are the consequences versus if I make move B? That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and and with this, the consequences are, and this is this is what she's going to start running into. How would anyone trust any promises that Cersei makes when this is right. how she she kind of follows through on them? You know, I mean, here you have Giles Rosby who was serving her; he was on her the Privy Council. Yeah. And what does she do? She disinherits his ward. I mean, why would you be loyal to Cersei? Why would you offer her good service if this yeah, is I think what you're trying the to The theory is, is that now you have because Stokeworth, who also apparently has a claim on Rosby, is right next to Rosby. So now you've got maybe Oliver Frey and Bronn, you know, in these two crownlands, crownsland, crownlands mm. houses that are right by King's Landing, who are ripe to not give a damn about the Lannisters, and you've got Egan. Um, yeah coming down the door, you know, coming down to the door. But the consistency with Cersei is that she doesn't understand that people will not be loyal to you just because you yell in your their face that you're the queen. Well, <laughs> but that's oh like God. the constant, even in the and, next chapter, where she's like, you can't do this to me, I'm the queen. Why isn't anybody helping me? Like, and the thing is, it's, it's, she's, she's had, like, she keeps bringing up her father and how proud yep. he'd be of her. And I'm like, you know, no, <laughs> oh, your no. father's doing no, like... Honey. <laughs> Olympic level gymnastics in his grave right now um, because you're not thinking this shit through. I mean, ever, never is she doing that. Oh, but she never about ever. But talking and it's about like, the entitlement. Like, did you guys notice she used the royal we? Yeah. Actually, she says our, like, as though she herself is a monarch in her own right, own right. which is mm-hmm. just that shit. I mean, yeah, she absolutely <laughs> thinks she's the monarch in her own right. Well, the level of delusion in this chapter, I mean, I I have a feeling we're going to get to it, but it's like Mm. she comes up with a plot and like the next second later, it's clear she's come to believe in like the space of what, two minutes, she's come to believe what she's just made up. Yep. I mean, that's the level of crazy we're talking about here. She's a good short term plotter. actually written down on my notes. I sort of kind of took half notes and it's just all caps she is bonkers <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like that's real consistent with her character <laughs> i kept calling moon t moon boy in my notes so I don't know what that <laughs> it's a whole other a whole other <laughs> yeah <laughs> i bought so, her moon tea <laughs> i bought her moon boy 
Pycelle leaves and Cersei discusses the developments with Tana Merriweather. And basically they're like, yep, this is it. We got Marjorie. And they're going to accuse her of treason and kill her. And Osmond Kettleblack is there. And he's kind of, I mean, he's super creepy and eager for it. He says, I'll do it, offered Osmond Kettleblack with an easy grin. Marjorie's got a pretty little neck and a good sharp sword will go right through it. <laughs> so, so he's a charmer. But, you know, Cersei is, as much as we make fun of her, she's smart enough to realize that Moon Tea alone isn't enough to convict Marjorie and that she needs more proof. Um, but as you guys, you know, discussed, as we discussed earlier, Marjorie is never alone. And she decides that the cousins were in on it. Um, she invites Orton and too, Tina. Kyle, Kyle, just to back you up a little. Sure. I love, too, that Cersei manages to work into this section that she thinks that Marjorie killed Giles Rosby. And I don't see anything in her head that indicates that she doesn't actually believe that. She actually believes been, that Marjorie had Giles Rosby killed. The guy who's been dying slowly of whatever the hell they call TB then. I mean, <laughs> for like apparently decades. Damn, that Marjorie's good. That 15-year-old kid did it. <laughs> Started really young. <laughs> when she was just a twinkle in someone's eye, she was plotting. <laughs> So uh, Cersei invites Orton and Tana to dinner, and she pretty meaningfully tells Tana to bring a singer, and she asks for wild boar, which is like her murder meal, I think. Like, it is. It is. And I think she it's has to keep a theme, I guess. I mean, there's. It's kind of funny to me that you know she just, hey, Tana, bring a singer, and somehow Tana knows exactly what that means. Yet everyone else in this chapter basically has to be like tortured or hit over a hammer with what the point is. Before mm-hmm. they get what they're supposed to do. But, um, you know, Tana comes to dinner and brings the blue bard with her, who is Marjorie Singer. Well, Tana's a little smarter than pretty much anyone else around. Yeah, Tana's a sharp <laughs> cookie. She manages oh, yeah. to, like, annoy Cersei enough for Cersei to not really care about her. But she's important enough for Cersei to still need her around. It's just like... You have to be charming, but then the instant you leave her sight, she has to forget you exist so that she won't come after you later. <laughs> Although, I mean, I, I mean, when you've got, and I mean, the Merryweathers really seem to be like first class con artists, grifters from hell. But when they themselves are kind of shocked initially at stuff, you have to wonder, like the, the sheer level of what the hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, even Cersei, she asks Orton to be the new hand, and she's going to demote Harry Swift to Master of Coin. And she's thinking, you know, Tana would be much better suited to the role, which, I mean, for all of her insanity, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. would be an excellent hand to, like, a mature king. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad. But, you know, that even they're sort of, like, stunned by this offer should tell you that it's a really shitty idea on uh, Cersei's (laughs) part. I don't know, the, like, how can they even be stunned scale, by her anymore? Well, apparently they are, because they're just no. sort of like, okay. <laughs> like, they couldn't even dream of something like that. And think of the poor reputation of all the people who have been in her service, have, have given these spots. Like, all of them died. They've had something horrible happen well, to them. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's a couple that make it through. Um <laughs> So they they have the blue bard come out to sing, and they pretty much immediately accuse him of sleeping with Marjorie, and he denies mm-hmm. it all. The guards beat the crap out of him as they drag him down oh, to the black oh, cells to Kyber. But not before. But but of course it all starts like Cersei. Her thing is to throw wine in people's faces, but she's moved up. She throws a lute 
in his face, literally cracks yeah. the loot over his head. Mashes it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So there you go. She's she's learned to not waste the wine. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, she's growing up. I think. A, a mature girl. <laughs> And they, you know, they really get in. They, you know, George really plays up the torture of, oh, this, man, of yeah. this poor blue bard who's. Um, had we ever, <clears throat> sorry, had we ever actually seen, had a scene where we are watching Kybird torture someone? Or is this the first time where we actually see what he does? Because we always get the creepy, we don't know what he's actually doing to these people that well, Cersei sends down. I mean, he get we only, I mean, and even now we only get a hint. We, you know, we have him in a, like his, like a butcher's apron, basically. And he has a razor blade, and you know he cuts off his nipples, and then but we keep hearing about his gone. yeah, and his keep eye is his, gone. His like we get a little more detail than usual, oh, don't we? This I think whatever Kyburn's doing downstairs in the basement there is is probably in its own way way worse because I think those yeah. are in his mind legitimate scientific experiments. Oh yeah, and a Dr. No Mengele, this is torture, <laughs> and it's bad. I'm not saying it's. You know, not, but I think and it's while, probably and different. And while he's doing this, too, I mean, whenever he's saying, you know, his little, you know, whenever he's questioning this blue bard, I mean, you even, like, hear, like, his little grandfather voice. So, I mean, he's not, Ugh. this is just, like, this is, like, his everyday. This is yeah. his Tuesday. This is a Tuesday. This is the person he needs to keep alive by the end who can testify versus the other people who are all disposable. Well, like, he tries yeah, we get to, to experiment keep... with them, but then they're just out the garbage chute. He keeps trying to give him an out, too. You know, he says, Your Grace, mayhaps this poor man only played for Marjorie while she entertained the other lovers. Yeah, it's weird. Uh. I just assumed that was bad cop, good cop. Yeah. <laughs> but, I know, you know, you know the razor. It's, it's, funny, it's funny you guys are talking about this torture stuff. And, I, you know, I, I kind of have always assumed with George, when it comes to feast and dance, there's kind of a, a distinctive stamp of this being like, post Abu Ghraib type political stuff and mm-hmm. he really seems to like to get into the idea in these last couple books of of what torture is is worth um mm-hmm. you know he he sometimes has torture work to get good information out of people sometimes he, he doesn't have it work in a typical George fashion you know he does he doesn't really draw a moral conclusion for people he just kind of makes you question the whole thing and um I've always assumed that that must be why I mean it, not that so much of it in those dark, two but books. Yeah, there's so much more. It's got to be, you know, I mean, if it was conscious or not, I think that must have been kind of in his mind as he was writing a lot of this. Yeah, he takes so much influence from real life events. That would make sense. I also think, I mean, Kyburn is no dummy and he's got to realize that this guy has no clue what the hell he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be saying. So he's giving Cersei what she wants with the torture and he's also like trying to lead this man to like a narrative that makes some kind of twisted sense. Although honestly, yeah, they're coaching him basically. Yeah. yeah that's basically what they're doing. It's just, Oh God. It, I mean, it's funny because even Cersei has qualms about this. Like this is so bad that it's even bothering Cersei a little bit, not to the yeah. point obviously where she puts a stop to it, but it's sickening her. Yeah. Just yeah. The, you know, the, the brutal bloody grossness of it. it is but she's her. still, she still sees it as a strength to not look yeah. away because well, she's being insane. <laughs> no, well, Tywin would never have let right. him get to this point in the first place. Tar- Tywin would never, ever have considered 
promoting the Merryweathers <laughs> to the extent that Cersei has. Tywin would never have let Orain Waters anywhere near, you know, whatever that was, a hundred ships or a thousand ships or what. Mm. I mean, it, these are people who wouldn't even, yeah. I mean, God knows that man had his problems and made some stupid ass decisions too. But oh, children are so well adapted to the world. <laughs> well, and I think there's a you know there's a good passage that kind of gets to the level of Cersei's madness right now. Okay, and she's watching. She's you know Cersei blamed Marjorie Tyrell for this. If not for her, Watt might have lived a long and fruitful life, singing his little songs and betting pig girls and crofters' daughters. Her scheming forced this on me. She has soiled me with her treachery. Like. She legit believes, oh, believes that this. The you know she believes all of this. She is deluded. She is she is completely warped her own brain in this ridiculous process. And I, I think another funny thing here is you know the blue bard is so eager in his confession that he basically overconfesses, and Cersei and Kyburn have to walk him back. Yeah. Like, nope, take, can't take include back. the red wine twins and no Sir Loras. You know, no Sir. Sir Loras, which is kind of fun because when you think about it, like basically Henry VIII and Cromwell were too extreme for George R. R. Martin. <laughs> like this is one of those rare cases where actual history was more extreme than A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> I just, I, I think, I think for me, as, as I'm reading through this and and seeing. This, this chapter as a whole, um, I think, I think the thing with Cersei is yes, she is clearly um, suffering from serious mental delusions and, and issues and everything. But I think, I think what George just wants you to see from this is just how shallowly she strategizes, and mm. um, I think that is all what we all kind of walked away from it with. It's just like this is the flimsiest plan. How do you not see this is going to work the way that you want it to? Yeah, there's another, you know, she's really, you know, she's kind of milking it internally, too. Like, she's leaving the black cells, and you can just kind of picture her, you know, hiking up her gown, climbing the steps, you know, wiping the sweat from her brow. Getting to the truth is wearisome work, and she dreaded what must follow. I must be strong. What I must do for Tommen and the realm. (laughs) <laughs> oh, poor Cersei works hard. No one for the understands money. how hard this is for me. But I really think there's <laughs> been um, a degree. She's gotten worse. Oh yeah, like, I think so. Too, I mean, you can tell because I mean, I, I, I mean, even with this, I mean, like this whole it's for Tommen. I mean, there's no. I mean, she legit believes this shit. She believes, I mean, she's come up with this crazy-ass, disgusting theory about what they were doing. She believes it. She knows it's a lie. I mean, she just came up with it. But suddenly, it's Marjorie's fault that she did all this. And that she really believes she's doing this for her son. And, I mean, that's like, it's a shift from when Feast first starts. I, yeah. I mean, I think there's always been that level of delusion, but it's just gone to exponential levels. She's. I, def- I definitely see it as a like a desperation thing like she i think she under there's some subconscious part of her that maybe knows that this is a shitty plan and so she keeps trying to it's this mantra like i'm doing it for tom and like this is dangerous work to do but i'm doing it for tom and now like it's changed to it's my family it's my son and even in her dream she's like don't harm my children it's just like she's convincing herself but i think 
like a like there's some delayed or delayed realization of how, how shitty this plan is, but she just refuses to accept that or something. Like there has to be something. Right? I don't think like, she has could be this any stupid? idea because you've been raised stunned. around this stuff. Oh, I think you're poor, giving poor her idiot. too much credit. I don't think she <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to think positive, guys. Right. I think no, if anything, what you're seeing is is her her knowing that she's going to have a hard time morally justifying this if if people yeah. find it out. You think she and has morals? Kind That's of cute. Um, you know, she has no she has morals in the sense that a narcissist is, and that they know that mm. they have to conform with certain societal standards, or they're going to be okay. in trouble. So. Gotcha. When there is a fear trigger that that's kind of keeping them in line, and that's what this is. She knows she knows she can push the limits because she's the queen, but she yeah. also knows that there is a limit somewhere. Um, like even, she knows she can't have those two guys, the red wine twins. She knows that she can't have right. Loris. She knows enough not she to go to that one far. girl, right? Who was the shy one? Like she didn't participate. She like she's done she, in she, horror though. I mean. Yeah. I, but I mean, she does have those, and I think she knows she's not infallible. Okay, I'm not infallible. Um, she's not secure, which is mm. partly what motivates all this stuff. I mean, that's the self-preservation, but but to an extremely no, heightened degree, paranoia. that makes no sense. But I don't think okay. she has any qualms of conscience at all. <laughs> no, not not in a genuine way. No, it's more about how she will justify it mm-hmm. and explain gotcha. it to people than anything. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, it's a real peek inside her head and it's, I think this chapter is kind of the final proof that there's really not anything else in there to find. Um, <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can wish that there was, but it's just not yeah. there. The porch lights on, but nobody's home. <laughs> so we, Cersei goes back, um, she goes back to her room. Like this whole chapter is basically her going back and forth to her room and uh, Tana is there, and they wake up Dorcas and Jocelyn. And this is where I was thinking, like, Dorcas and Jocelyn, they're, they're like, literally sleeping in the same bed with Cersei and waiting on her every single day. And somehow they have survived, which I find absolutely baffling. <laughs> and so it, it came to me that basically they're the Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway to Cersei's Meryl Streep. <laughs> and it's like this whole the devil wears Denise or septed Denise. And then I thought oh. Tana is Stanley Tucci. Like, and the more I thought of it, I'm like, well, this actually works perfectly. <laughs> like, this is what it is. Except Meryl Streep had some sort of competent way of handling her affairs. I mean, they really, they, you know, we never, we really don't hear her bitching about them. And, I don't think they're from particularly powerful enough families to protect them. But, mm-hmm. I mean, somehow they have survived, which is, you know, absolutely stunning to me. Because they play the part of, like, mobile coat rack. Yeah, they, or like, they must just, just be, furniture. like, extremely capable and, you know, able to hide when necessary. I think Smart it's ladies. the hiding part. And I think yeah. after after she gets arrested, they're probably just hardcore alcoholics at that oh. point. because. <laughs> The relief at being away from her has got to be. Oh, yeah. It's got to be intense. And also, Cersei's not there drinking all the wine now. <laughs> now we can have some. So, we, you know, we have this other scene, which is really, an, you know, I think we can talk about, you know, it clearly mirrors a scene earlier in the series where Tana and Cersei have a bath together. Mm-hmm. And they kind of talk strategy a little bit. And. Tana points out that the claim will be better if one of the cousins is innocent 
and that will make the whole thing more believable. And they, I don't know, they flip a coin or they pick Alla as the innocent one. And then they climb back into bed and Cersei has this rather vivid nightmare of Tyrion attacking her. And she wakes up and she ends up telling Tana all about Maggie's prophecy, which the whole scene kind of made me think, kind of made me step back from this idea that Kyburn was Cersei's Brienne. Maybe it's Tana. Maybe she has like double Briennes. Like this whole idea of like the bath <laughs> is like the prelude to the confessional, except, you know, Cersei is, I mean, Cersei's coming clean in a, in a way, but she's still so dirty. Oh, I'm sure in the Winds of Winter, there's going to be a bath scene with Cersei and Kyburn. It's going to happen. <laughs> I hope so. I'm it. Oh, God. What? That would oh. be the best. Oh, my God, Ian. <laughs> From your lips to George's pen, please let this happen. But I love the scene that George sets here. The, the idea of Tana, like, wrapping herself around Cersei mm-hmm. in the tub and Cersei, like, laying back in Tana's arms. I mean, yeah. It's this very, like, romantic, like, you picture, like, the oh, candles yeah. and, you know, they each have a glass of wine. Like, it's a very, like, relaxing <laughs> bath. I mean, it's, like, not, yeah, yeah. it's just, like, she well, is funny putty in of, Tana's arms a little bit. Well, I think we kind of write the Tana and Cersei thing off as, like, lust, but, I mean, this is much more romantic than I remembered it being. <laughs> so maybe it's, it's something here. Well, it's funny, and Cersei's talking about how she knows Tana wants her and everything. I mean, you know, yeah. it may be delusion, but there may be something yeah, to it, too. What, what? Sorry. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Not now! You're podcasting about Game of Thrones, you fool! <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I kind of doubt Tana wants her. I think just Tana knows which way her bread is buttered and knows how to. I don't take know. It. I mean, Cersei is still pretty hot. Probably, yeah, you know. al- although aren't there hints like she's getting to? She blames whatever the gown is shrinking or whatever, and she's always drunk and she's yeah. crazy. I mean, but her boobs might be bigger. Well, this is true. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's well. And up. there was a hint <laughs> again. And eating and drinking. Remember, she's like becoming Robert. Yeah, you know, Robert got his share. And I do kind of wonder, there was a hint that, um, although it was from Cersei's POV, but that Orton there was, uh, Tana's husband was eyeing the singer. So I do kind of wonder if... um, They have like an agreement? Yeah, or, you know, maybe he's just, I don't know. Or or Cersei was, you know, because God knows her POV is totally... Yeah, this is interesting how we, like, discount everything she's thinking, but the fact that she thinks that Tana wants her, we're all like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, why do we believe that? Well, I don't think she doesn't... I, she's not... I mean, that's what makes her so dangerous. It's not just that she's utterly deluded, because she is... But she does have this shrewdness about her. She's not dumb. I mean, no. she doesn't. She's not a disciplined thinker, which is her problem. <laughs> That's a but very she's nice not stupid. Kindest way to put that that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's not stupid. I really don't she's think not she completely is. Completely stupid, stupid. Com- as I think it's just that she doesn't. <laughs> she's never really. She's one of those people, she spent her whole life kind of on the outside looking into this, what she thinks is the grass is greener, this world of male privilege. And she thinks she's smart enough to do all this stuff. And it's not that she's she's not smart. I think there's a shrewdness, there's a cunning. I think she does have moments of intelligence. We've talked about there have been times where she's had 
they're not bad ideas. It's just she's not putting in the work necessary to do the follow-up, to think about this, to look through all the ramifications. She doesn't have that kind of mind, and she doesn't have the willpower or the sanity to be that person. I mean, frankly, you know who the woman in this scene that is probably more capable of what society will give her is Tana. Yeah. Obviously. She put herself in a really smart position. Yeah, and and Tana's the one who's smart enough to know, hey, to pull this off, we've got to get one of the cousins right. who, you know, isn't doing it and and get her to confess. So she picks the smartest one of the cousins, assuming that she's the one who'll be smart enough to see the the lifeline in it. Um, Tana's really wicked smart. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. obviously Cersei, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Tana, Tana is kind of the star of this whole Cersei mess. I mean, she's clearly trying to help Cersei pull it off because she's clearly put her eggs in Cersei's basket. I mean, I think we'll see in the next couple chapters that, you know, if, if you question which way Tana landed between Marjorie and Cersei, she does land Cersei. So well, Cersei, oh, go ahead. Comment. So, so I was going to say, and um, <laughs> the girl they picked to be the one is she's not, I looked her up. She's not flowered. So she's got to be like probably 10 or 11. Oh. So young enough to bully into saying like what they did with Sansa. This is but, what you're going to yeah. do. I mean, cause the other girls are a little older, although none of these girls are, particularly i mean even marjorie i think is the oldest and she's like 15 years old yeah so we're talking about i know i'm sorry one of them is patrolled yeah but i mean that she could be 13 years old i mean (laughs) you know they're not particularly uh gonna be forces of will so we've got a 35-year-old woman trying to outsmart a bunch of, like, 10- and 11-year-olds. That's <laughs> oh, what we have here. And so, basically, she, this is like Harry Potter. Pride. She takes such pride in it, too. Like, yeah. oh, I finally did it to <laughs> with you children. Yeah, the 35-year-old who <laughs> yeah, has exactly. cuckolded a king for, like, half of her life. Oh, man. And, like, this is her shining moment is foiling, like, the Scooby-Doo gang. <laughs> yes! I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you and Sir Miss Sir Pounce. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of Sir Pounce, Cersei wakes up in the morning and and she has breakfast with Tommen. And oh, I have a little, dream. I have a little short passage that I like because I, I think it's worth comparing it to kind of the way that Cersei talked about and thought about Tommen. You know, in some of our earlier chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tommen helped restore her to herself. He had never been more precious to her that, than he was that morning, chattering about his kittens as he dribbled honey onto a chunk of hot black bread fresh from the ovens. Sir Pounce caught a mouse, he told her, but Lady Whisker stole it from him. I was never so sweet and innocent, Cersei thought. How can he ever hope to rule in this cruel realm? The mother and her wanted only pr- to protect him. The queen and her knew she, he must grow harder, or the Iron Throne was certain to devour him. Sir Pounce must learn to defend his rights, she told him. In this world, the weak are always the victims of the strong. And it's just, it's interesting to me in that she is seeing his sweetness and his innocence as like a characteristic of him as a person and not just something to, not solely as a weakness and not to berate him with. Like she's actually in, in the, in these two paragraphs, like, she actually is like sort of being a decent mother for like the, once for the in the whole relationship. Time. Yeah. She just had to have that scary dream about her boobs. <laughs> 
And now it put her on the right path, except no. Well, and she's coming off the high of having, um, you know, her plan coming into fruition. That's true. But I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, it's like, you know, she she's in a good mood in terms of her kid and she can give him two seconds of a positive thought. And then five minutes later, something else is going to come along and she's not going to care. I don't know. But, but she, hey, I mean, evidence, from that passage somewhere in her, this actual mother actually does exist somewhere yeah. deep, 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 deep in there. I don't know. I mean, I maybe think- it's like she's playing a role again, you know, like now she's figured out how to play a role of a mother who gives shit about her little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think part of what it is, is, I mean, we've seen her through the night trying to kind of build the case for why everything that she's doing right now is justified and necessary. And in order to kind of pull that off, then Tommen has to be this, you know, adorable, precious thing to be saved, which is not normally how she sees him. But in the narrative of this moment for her, that's what he needs to be. So that's how she sees him that morning. He is the total justification for everything that she's done. And so she has to see him that way in order for him to fill that role in, in her in her mind of, of what the story is here. So yeah, I think there's an element of that. That's probably, yeah, I think that that's is, a good point. That is a very, very, very smart thing to say right there. She's changing the narrative. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's what, she what she's doing this whole chapter. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole point of the... And this is one thing that drives me crazy with with some fans is that, and George has talked about this, when you have a POV structure, you are setting Mm -hmm. up, just by its very nature, there is a certain amount of unreliable narration because it's from someone's perspective. It doesn't mean it's from, it's not third person omniscient, it's how that character sees what's going on and it makes the interpretations. Mm. Always. It's not how it is. It's how that character is reading it. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a final scene in the chapter. Cersei summons um, Sir Osney Kettleblack to her salar and tells him the plan that he's going to confess to sleeping with Marjorie. And he's kind of funny about it at first. Like <laughs> He's nervous about lying to the High Septon. He's like... I, I never lied to no High Septon before. Like, he's really... Which... Whoa. A man know, has to draw a line. He killed one. He killed one, though. Yeah. <laughs> but that's different, Chicky. Right. You know, you know what's funny? We're talking about how not smart Cersei is, but if any group of people are just idiots, the Kettle Blacks have to be some of the dumbest people alive <laughs> and like to think that they can get away with being on so many different payrolls at the same time is just hilarious they do. Up kettle black no i mean they're on they're on little fingers payroll and cersei never has a freaking clue about it ever <laughs> Tyrion with all of her paranoia she can't get it yeah yeah <sighs> I think it's interesting too. Like he's really nervous about lying, about lying, but Cersei either ignores it or just doesn't notice it. She just kind of keeps moving on with. The no, plan. isn't she taken back? She's like, "You're the last person I thought would ever be pious." What? <laughs> right, but she just discounts it, you know. Yeah, and then she immediately is just like, "But that's not important to me right now. I need right. you to do this thing." And you know, she tells him that they're going to send him to the wall, and then Tommen will forgive him. Um, I'm kind of surprised she didn't. Pull like a, and if Jon Snow's still alive, you can kill him. Like, just throw that in for the hell of it. <laughs> and you'll have something um, to do while you're there. 
And, you know, Osney warms up to the idea a bit, but says that he, and I, you know, this is like his little spark of intelligence. Like, if I'm going to say I slept with the queen, I should actually sleep with the queen. Hey, um, hey. And Cersei tries to put him off because he reminds her of Robert, but he rips her gown and tells her that she can leave her crown on, which I have, I've literally had that. You can leave your hat on song, like in my head. For like <laughs> oh, you can God. leave your crown on. Um, I kind of feel like that probably turned Cersei on a little bit. I mean, it might have. I mean, she's already slept with him once at this point, right? Didn't she already sleep with him? No, I thought it was with Osmond. No, she also slept with Osmond, but didn't she also sleep with... with... I think this is her and Osney's first time. I thought she slept with him after he killed the High Septon. You think? I thought that was No, I think so. Well, then oh, why would he be saying it. he should sleep with the queen? If, I don't yeah, think if he's going to say he did it. Well, he, I think he just wants to sleep with her again. Which one is this? This is Osney? Yeah. Oh, Os- yeah. Well-drawn <laughs> characters, George. I know. <laughs> right. Sorry. No, like, can't even tell them apart. Oz, Oz, no. Oz, Oz. Oz something. Fuck Both kind of dumb as bricks, you know. Oh, Although, God. he loves he loves how smart he could be with his like quips, you know. He, she's like, "Oh, I have a hard task for you," and he's like, "And I've got something hard for you." <laughs> like he's so proud of that line. Like, "Hey, did you see what I did there?" <laughs> I'm looking at the wiki. I think that was his first time with her. So has Osfried ever had a had I'm a looking. chance? I'm looking. Okay. <laughs> had a, had a, a night for a night was him. <laughs> I thought a night for a night was Osney. No. Uh... Was it Ozzy? I love was that we're Osborne? trying to figure this out. <laughs> no, it? I don't think so. I really, I think that's one of the others. But we definitely need to figure it I out. I think it's Ozzy, <laughs> the one who, who got to bang her earlier. <laughs> Ozzy's the Osmond? one that Jamie never shuts up about. Osmond. And no, he did bang yeah. her. Yeah, Osmond. Yeah. Anyway. That's the one Tyrion knew about. And I think Regardless. that's the one that she kind of yes. hooked up with at Tom and Marjorie's wedding. Osmond is the one, I yeah. think, who did it. Osford, I don't know much. It doesn't seem to be indicating that he got to sleep with anybody. If he did, I don't know. It's not in the wiki. And Osney, I think that's his first time. So I kind of feel like with up her, to this I mean, point in the books, this is like Cersei's low point for um, mental capacity is this chapter. <laughs> I mean, it's weird because I, I, I don't know. This chapter still makes me think that she has some sort of subconscious like this is not the best idea because she even has like she's oh. already gone too far and too much was at stake. So, okay, yeah, I, I think I that's different, thing. though. That's oh. like I think if I if I get what you're saying, her going, oh, I may have gone too far or maybe this isn't the best move is very different from this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's capable of this is wrong. I shouldn't be no, doing this. I, I, I think, think she is capable of going, maybe not the smartest move I could have made. Maybe. But it's, hard. I, it's too late now. I've, uh, and she yeah. probably will find to blame everyone else. But it's like everything that you have done that we have watched you do has led to this horrible moment in your life. And, 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 and yeah. This sucks. This sort of, this sort of ended on a sad note. I, I don't know. I, like a little bit of me still feels sad. Because I never saw it as like a, hey, yeah, keep the crown on. Isn't that hot? It's like, oh, she, he like ripped her dress off and she he already reminds her of Robert. 
And so it just feels really forceful and kind of awful. Well, I mean, she wants to be in this position where she's in charge and no one can hurt her. And no matter what, it's like Marjorie. I mean, Marjorie's really smart. She's going to keep these women with her at all, or these girls with her at all times. She's always got guards. And look how they Mm -hmm. turn that against her because that's how the world of male privilege is set up. I mean, that you can lose all that, even if you're very careful. And here's Cersei, who's got people being tortured on a whim, you know, or because she thinks it's a smart idea. And she still has to, you know, be, I mean, well, she consents to it, but she has to have sex with someone she doesn't want to have sex with. Mm. My thing is, though, does she or does she think that that's the way it has to be? It's interesting for basically being one of the richest people in the world that the first thing she reaches to to make people loyal to her is sex. It's like <laughs> it so even much. occurs to her that there are other things she could do, not to mention the fact that, you know, she thinks she's the queen in her own right and she could, you know, give them other rewards. She she goes to sex and it's like nobody even mentioned sex. Or she, I'm not saying that that's not what happened here. Someone does. But I mean, it's because she's been using sex with him before this point. Like, yeah. did she have to sleep with these people? It's one of these things people are like, well, she had oh, no God, choice. No. She had to sleep with all these people. And I'm like, no, I don't no, think she had to sleep with all these people. sleep with Orton Merriweather. Yeah, I'm just like, if you want to see how to navigate this. Yeah, I mean, there are other things. There are other weapons <laughs> yeah. that a woman has at her disposal. Well, she even has in West extraordinarily Girls, like, wealth and all of, I mean, Cersei has Power. extraordinarily wealth. Extraordinarily wealth. An extraordinary army. Guards, <laughs> every, like physical power and the guards everywhere like she could i mean she has like total power basically she no, does the only yeah. thing she doesn't have is i mean yeah she's she's not reduced to sex like that's bullshit no i think she sleeps with people because she likes the idea that they're loyal to her because they're into her and I, honestly i think that's what i see in the text because I just don't see it an, an instance where sex is the only option like you're telling me that these kettle black guys have been bought by everybody couldn't be bought freaking cash. stupid. No, I don't think it's her only option. I think she, it's her default option. It's that need for it's, instant gratification. Like, she just is so used to... I don't that's think... That's how her she, mentality is. She's so short-sighted that in this moment, he needs her to do this thing. Okay, you, I'll, I'll have sex with you then. And it's all, no, you don't... That's not what you need to do. But that's her immediate thought every time is, well, just use this thing that we have right here. It doesn't matter what it actually costs or what it actually means. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's just she doesn't think it's this crap through and go, okay, no, I can threaten them. I could bribe them. I could who say. Who are they related to? Who can I threaten that but they she care does. about? She, she doesn't none sleep of that. with Braun. She gives Braun a rich wife. Like, she does choose other things. Like, she's not, you know. Yeah. She just. But I mean, she could easier. have gone to him and say, look, no, you can't have me, but I will make sure that after your blah, blah, yeah. blah, you will have this, you will have that. Right. She doesn't go with that. She wanted to have sex with them. Big deal. <laughs> I mean, if she wasn't doing any of the rest, who gives a shit? I mean, yeah, I think there's an element. I don't even know if it's lust so much as it is that I think she flatters herself that this is her greatest weapon is her sexuality. Mm. Therefore, that's what she wants to use in a way to manipulate people. I think it's her choice weapon. I think it's what she likes the best. And I don't think that that equates to her having no choice but to use it because I just don't see evidence of that anywhere. Oh, I don't think it's her only choice. I just think she thinks... I don't no, know. She doesn't. She rather I, I'm, I'm more straw man answer. arguing against things I see in fandom. Yeah. I see people yeah. think, 
Mm. Oh, she has no choice but to use her sexuality. I'm like, no, oh, no, no. I'm like, I... look at Catelyn. There's a choice. There's always yeah, no, a choice. Well, I mean, the real well, argument is that Jamie shouldn't be mad at her because she had no choice but to sleep with all these other people, which, of course, not. She had, she had a numerous options. ways that she could manipulate the people around her. And she just chose sex because it was super easy. I mean, the only person, hypothetically, she maybe had to go to the sex card with is Lancel. Yeah. Because probably... He had money, he had, you know, he had power, he had a place... And, you know, he was probably infatuated with her. So that was, you I, know. I don't even think he, she did that because she was trying to manipulate him. I think she just wanted to fuck him. Personally. You think <laughs> she could have gotten him killed? You're a Lannister, eh? Because <laughs> yeah, he I reminded her of that. Jamie. I no, but I mean, do you think he would have... Lancel is to go to him and say, I'm terrified, he's beating me, here's what's happening. No, yeah. I don't think she needed to sleep with him. She wanted to sleep with him. I mean, like, uh, yet again, I think she wanted to sleep with him. I mean, like, he was 14. She wouldn't have had to sleep I mean, with but him. he was so skinny. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, just can't get past part the of her first season is... in, the book, in the show. <laughs> I mean, she's very tied into, wedded to her physical appeal. And the threat of whatever garbage you think the prophecy is, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, but that threat of... You know, which the threat is at some point, there's going to be someone more younger and beautiful is going to come along and displace you. And she goes from being her self perception of being the most beautiful woman in the world or the seven kingdoms or whatever the hell they tell her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think part of that is tied up with sex and the desirability. And it's proof that, you know, that he desires her is proof that she is still young and beautiful Mm -hmm. in her mind. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that that is why I think she goes to sex to get this stuff done. Is I think because it is feeding into her perception of herself, and I think that's why. I don't think it's that it's the only option. I think it's just her favorite option, her even if it grosses her out some of the time. I think she. And the other thing is, I think she thinks it's effective. I think she thinks that making people love her um, is, is the, the most ultimate. effective way to get them to do it what she wants. Because the funny thing is, I think she really does convince herself that everyone does fall in love with her and <laughs> does want to do things for her. Of course, Tywin would never have thought, you know, she would never would have learned that at Tywin's feet. I mean, can you imagine Tywin? Oh, Cersei, if people love you, like, Tywin would never <laughs> say that. Well, and she <laughs> makes fun of, um... Of Sansa for Sansa for that same thing, but I think there's a difference between people are enthralled to me because they lust after me, love me, versus that they think well of me. If that makes sense. Like Sansa wants the people to, you know, she wants to do the storybook thing and she wants to be a good queen and all of that. And Cersei's much more, it's all about me, me, me. And she makes fun of her for wanting that desire. And I think she thinks ill of Marjorie for a similar kind of thing. She's just a whole bunch of balls of dysfunction. Yeah, it's multifaceted malfunctioning (laughs) Brian. <laughs> so speaking of malfunctions, um, hey. we have a ton of listener mail from our, <laughs> oh, our 100th nice live segue. episode. Thank you. Um, oh, we do. So, Ian, oh. you better take a deep breath. <laughs> I need a couple and a one, deep breaths. And a two, Brenda. <laughs> okay, our first one is from Lady Blade. It says, hi, ladies. Hi. The live podcast is Totes Amazeballs. 
Um, yeah, I've been watching too many teen comedy movies. Seeing as my typing is just terrible at the moment, I love this whole podcast. It killed me. Also, sexting ravens. Oh, my God. I love it. I, I, I may actually write a sexting ravens fanfic. <laughs> Inspiration strikes like lightning. Now all you just need to, to get to 300 like a good Spartan. <laughs> LOL. Love the live app and it all it, it's crazy. Yeah, we're not going to get to 300. <laughs> that's six. That's like what are you talking uh, about? Four more years. No. Yeah, I mean, 300 will be when the winds of winter come out. No, <laughs> no. Still, no. Not, still not out. Oh God! <laughs> It'll be the election for the second term of President Trump. Oh God! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh dear! Oh. <laughs> All right, we have Daphne, and Daphne says, "Just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to be on your 100th episode." Ah, oh, and it and it's insane. Loved being able to talk to you guys again, and I'd more than love to come back for another full episode when you have a gap. Again, happy 100th, you crazy ladies. Cheese boy's got the right moves, indeed. All my sure love, does. Daphne. He sure does. <laughs> Let's see. And thanks, Lady Blade. I forgot to thank Lady Blade for her. Well, we have another Lady Blade comment. It was from episode ninety nine. Wow. And it's, oh, never mind. It's a really, it's an awesome play-by-play of episode 99. <laughs> and, um, let's see. And, um, and, um, she's <laughs> amazing. I just wanted to say that it's awesome. It, it's really long. I We really love receiving these really long comments from you, Lady Blade. And um, she says, I shall be eagerly awaiting the next episode with bated breath, or at least while I'm not thinking about what point I'd like to get to where I'd be like Cersei and wanting to enjoy people's tears. (laughs) Oh, and I so wish that you guys would just take all our ideas for new apps, like another fanfic app or another family's special. But whatever you guys decide to do, I'll just be hyped to listen because you all cracked me up. (laughs) We'll do a Scooby Doo themed. Like all the yeah. listeners is Scooby Doo. Yeah. Allison Westera says, I just saw that a non complimented Chicky on her voice to which she laughed and said maybe they were mistaken for one of the other girls. I just want to throw my two cents in with a non. I love her voice as do I, I all of yours. Your voices are soothing to me like butter, or maybe it's just your laughs put me in a happy place. I even love it when Lot says dragons. <laughs> Y'all give dragons. me warm fuzzies. And, um, and Tobin. Yeah. So, Davis. Now, now, Davis. Do you think that this is really Sorry, Lot. I'm, I'm guessing. I yeah, I it. was the one who got the Anon, so it's really funny. <laughs> And I said, maybe someone is mistaking me for someone else. And then, and then to that point, yeah. So, Alice, that's great. Like, you totally proved my point, which I love. Oh, no. Your, yours was legit, dude. Come on. Crystal Rose 29 says, so I spent my Valentine's Day with Torment Giant, Torment Giant Spain and made a fool of myself in a Wyndham lobby in front of my boyfriend. Nobody <laughs> knew why, why I was freaking out and called Torment Creepy. <laughs> so oh is Tormund Giant Spain her boyfriend? Is that no? He's no, no, in the no. trip, not Trip Advisor. What does he do advertisements for? 
Wyndham, um, right? It's one of it's yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. hotel or yeah. something oh. condo chains. Yeah, the guy um, Christopher Hibju. I don't know how you say his name, but he is their spokesperson. And there's a picture of a life size cutout of her and him in the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So is the picture of her next to him. It's <laughs> but yeah, no for the for the non US listeners, yes, he's he's doing promotions for a US hotel chain and they're pretty funny. Awesome. <laughs> okay. We got Yes, for our Texan listeners, Eon, since you didn't know that. <laughs> well, I, I don't really watch TV. <laughs> sure. It's only a Game of Thrones podcast. It's only Game of Thrones. That's all I watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I've heard really good things about this show called Lost. <laughs> oh, I, well, Youngster. I used to watch Lost, and I've seen The mm-hmm. Wire. Say. Yes. <laughs> 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 I heard that. I heard that Aiden Gillen's really good on that. <laughs> Actually, I was rewatching it, and he's not as good as I remember. <laughs> well, I suppose it depends on which accent he's using. <laughs> All right, we got another Lady Blade comment on episode 100, and it's an awesome play-by-play again on our 100th episode. Whenever we did our live cast. And I am going to find a section that I wanted to read, which I thought was pretty awesome. Let me find it. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here to add some Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Peter. Oh, gosh. how we're amusing ourselves okay i found it okay she says yes we are masochist we are i was that meme where i watched the show after reading reading the books of course and then i turned around and told my brother you'll love this watch it (laughs) and then my brother turned around and watched it and read the books then came back to me and said you bitch i hate you but i totally love you but i hate you you evil bitch then she was like why did you tell me this to read this, you bitch? And also, I refuse to vote for a favorite. I love you all equally, LOL. Oh, God, I just realized that I've been reading these books since I was 11. I read the first book when it came out. In fact, I read all the books when they came out. I've been waiting for the end of these books for 19 years. 19 <laughs> years, almost 20. Oh, my God. Most of my life has been spent Waiting for George R. R. Martin to finish these books. Damn, seriously. I feel kind of sad about it. I've been waiting nearly 20 years for Jamie and Brienne to bang. For fuck's sake. Crying face. I love oh. that, Lady Blade. I love you. <laughs> that was amazing. So sorry. Man, I, my but, daughter is almost, almost she's going to be nine, and I'm like, Man, that's crazy. I would, not let, I would not let my daughter read this until she's at least like 14 or 15. Cutting off nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lady Blade. Let, well, by the time you. that book came out, she was probably like 19. Yeah. She's probably fine age. <laughs> that was a great comment, Lady Blade. Yes. I, and okay. Eon, that was wonderfully read. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. I try my best. Words. Yes. <laughs> we got an, an, 
Anon on Tumblr. It says, I have a question related to your last Cersei podcast. It was probably answered in the books, but I can't remember. Do you know how in the world did she explain what happened to Fawzi? She's kind of a big deal, so people must question where did she go. Servants must just leave the service. But an heir to a house is a different is a bit different. Does <laughs> she explain what happens to her? No, I, I think like does. we just assume that she died of grief for her husband, like or that Bron killed her. Yeah. And the story was just, oh, she got sent to the farm where everybody else lives, and they're so happy at the farm. (laughs) (laughs) Where people realize at that point, if you're going to keep your head and not end up in the basement, Mm -hmm. basement in the dungeons, you just, (laughs) you know, keep your mouth shut, don't ask questions, and start planning a long trip to Dorne or something. (laughs) I feel like Dorcas and Jocelyn are going to go on like some awesome cruise. Like, Dorcas. like Salad or Sam is going to pick them up and <laughs> cruise. They're going to go find aisles. hot pie somewhere and bake bread and, and meet Jerry and Lannister. And yeah, they're going to have a good time. Mm. All right. Anon on Tumblr also says, "Love this podcast. I've been listening to the Xerxes Eight episode." And I was wondering whether you ladies think Jamie knew about Xerxes killing Malara. I'm inclined to think Xerxes never told him, but I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks. I don't think he knows. I don't I think, think he does he either. Cause... I think she was probably not on his red. You know, he probably didn't even know who that girl was. Mm. Yep. <laughs> on his radar or whatever. And I, I don't think it's something she would have ever confided in him. No. Yeah, and I think sure, I'm sure when mulling over Cersei's character in his chapters where he's reevaluating their relationship together, I think if he knew it would have come up like, well, she is she was capable of murder at the age of whatever. So, yeah, yeah I think it would have been one of the list of things that he thought about her if if he knew. Mm. Yeah. We have a done there a nom that says Chicky reminds me of Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> That's a queen. I don't Kardashian, so I don't know what it means. What does it mean? Is it a verb? Yes. This has been tearing me up inside. <laughs> Who the fuck is Courtney Kardashian? Who am I? Why am I her? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't. <laughs> I don't know. Anon, you're going to have to write us back with a little clarification. Anon is again. Yes. Clarify. I really need to know. <laughs> wow. How, she, how much sleep have you lot. lost over this chicken? <laughs> Some. Some. Have you been having I've never had a cares? comment get to me so much because I'm like, why am I being compared to a Kardashian? And I just can't see it being good in any well, way. Well, I'm like, Courtney of all of them. Like, I don't feel like she has any defining <laughs> characteristics other than that she typically has really bad lipstick shades. <laughs> Which, I mean... Might be true, I but since we're not a video podcast, how would anyone know? Right. So I, I feel, Anon, you need to write in and clarify. In the nicest terms possible, please. <laughs> All right. Popcorn and Other Dreams on Tumblr says the Season 6 Hall of Faces teaser and Season 6 Death pre- predictions. Sorry in, in advance. This got really long. Hi, ladies. I found your podcast a few months ago and have been gleefully making my way through the older episodes. I love that 
you include so many guest voices in your show. I hope you do another RPG episode soon. I need more murderous adventures from House Door. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the season six teaser and set set in the Hall of Faces and have to say, I was pretty disappointed. I was really hoping for some new footage, but what really caught my attention were the faces of the still living characters at the end of the teaser. As far as I can tell, the final six faces were Sansa, Tyrion, and Danny on the top row, and Cersei, Arya, and Jaime on the bottom row. HBO seems to be suggesting that any of these characters could die, but I just don't see it for the majority of them. Tyrion, Danny, and Arya seem very safe to me because their stories are nowhere near done yet. We know that Cersei will live to see all her kids die. Jamie probably will not die before Cersei. I don't think he's the Valonqar, but I see Jamie's story as being too entangled with Cersei for him to die before her. I am also almost certain that Tommen will die in this season, Joffrey in season four, Marcella in season five, and Tommen in season six would be a tidy pattern. However, I just don't see the writers taking out Xerxes and Jamie until the very last season of the show, or as part of the season finale before the final season, or even before the start of the long night. I think House Lannister needs to see the ruin that they have brought on Westeros by being more concerned with power than with caring for the small folk. That lesson won't seek in, an, in until Isamis are climbing the walls of the Red Keep. Also, if they kill all of the Lannisters off, who would be our main characters in King's Landing? Would it be an entire season of the High Sparrow vs. House Tyrrell? I just don't see it. Given that Season 8 seems all but confirmed, I believe that Xerxes and Jaime are safe for Season 6. The face that concerned me most was Sansa's. Where are the show writers going with her story? Sansa knows her brothers are alive, and Theon most likely knows everywhere the Boltons have been looking for the boys. Sansa's also also connected to all of those North-remembered hints from last season. So for season six, I think Sansa and Theon are going to search for Sansa's brothers and find Rickon and end up with the great Northern conspiracy. But what happens after that? Does Sansa assume a leadership position in the conspiracy, sort of a hybrid of Lady Stoneheart and Wyman Manderley, and go kill Fraser, take back Winterfell? Sansa isn't a war leader. I'm afraid that the writers will just kill Sansa off for pathos once she has finally been re reunited with her little brother and once a male heir to the Stark line has been established by the series. Theon will help Rickon take back Winterfell and will be redeemed by taking... Winterfell from the Starks in the first place. It is not what I want for Sansa, but given the track record of the writers and her character, that is the way I think they will play it. So long story short, too late. I think the teaser <laughs> really only indicates that Sansa is in jeopardy. Everyone else is likely safe for season six. My season six death predictions. Kevin, as in the books, Tommen, Sansa, and maybe Loras or Orlina or Dario. Thank you for your time, and sorry again that this turned into such a long letter. Looking forward to more podcasts. I think all those faces were just crap. That's it. I think they were just faces of, like, yeah. the most popular characters. I think that's yeah. it. I, I just didn't even put any thought into it. I, I saw Tyrion, and I was just like, this is bullshit. I, and that I was it. 
I think the whole purpose of the teaser trailer is to stir up interest and to sort of, they've got this reputation as being a show, justifiably a show that has killed off main characters and will continue to do so. I don't think there was a lot of thought yeah. put into it. And I don't think those are necessarily faces reflective of any kind of, I was going to say reality, but I mean, it's possible, I suppose, but I, I mean, think it was just those are popular actors, popular characters. That's why they're there. They're the I mean, remaining the Starks I, and Lannisters. I, yeah, yeah. It's well, high. and the way I read it, I, sorry, go ahead, Eon. I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, is that you, Healy? Sorry. <laughs> no, that was just me interrupting everyone because I feel like that's an important thing to do. <laughs> I'm just saying, hype, hype. They're trying to get hype. It, that's kind of all I see. Yeah. As. Well, and I, I felt like if there was a story behind that teaser and. Can we just take a, a minute and stop and say how stupid I, I think that teaser was? And that, that was I, so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think it was terrible. I, I don't think I, I don't think it it worked as a teaser because nobody talked about it. It didn't even trend on Twitter. It was about made, two like, months late. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a really ineffective teaser. I mean, like like we talked about Guile and I had this talk, and I was like, if they put this out in December, it it would have been a cool teaser for December. But at this point, it's just. Ugh. Anyway, um, I think they were trying to talk about how Jon Snow is going to come back from the dead and everybody knows it. And I think that was really what the teaser was about, was about, oh, we're going to show Jon Snow's face. But that doesn't mean he's coming back because, look, we're showing all the faces of these other people that you know are alive. I think that was the the long and the short of it. They just showed the familiar faces at the end. And um I will also say I don't think there's anything predictive about it, and especially with regard to Sansa, because I think if there is a POV character in these books who will survive them, it is Sansa. Like, more so than any other POV, I am confident that Sansa will survive. I have no doubt or concerns about her safety. Both, because she's not going to survive the books and not the show. So, more so than especially after what they did to her last season, they can't, they can't, imagine the outcry if they killed her off after what they did last season. They're not going to do it. I I definitely don't see that as a way for them to stop writing how like the pattern that I've seen them write. I well, you I saw those. Have you seen there are all those the photos that came out and there's a real fear because she looks. She's got her oof. hands under her cloak. I know, and I don't think she's pregnant. <laughs> no. but that's where all the speculation is uh, going. Uh, which I don't want to turn this into. I don't know. I think it's just. I think we're giving. Whoever put this teaser together, far too much credit. I think it was just a way, as you said, yeah. to get everyone excited. And it kind of fell flat because it was a stupid thing and it was two months too late. I yeah, think it was about uh, John. I don't think it was about anyone yeah. else. I think it was Who just is about John. <sighs> John, John, John. And, I mean, which I'm fine with. But uh, I'm not. But, but, but in a greater sense, in a greater sense, I have no. If like if there's a character about whose safety I am not, I mean, shouldn't say safety about whose life I'm not concerned. It's Sansa. She's going to survive. She's going to survive on the show, and she's going to survive right. in the books. And I don't think there's any way, especially after last season, when there was so much outcry about their treatment of her, and basically, you know them fridging her in the form of having her raped for Theon's character development that they would then fridge her completely by killing her for Theon's character development because it's one of the few things they seem to have slightly responded to and said that they changed some things because of the outcry I you know if there's one thing you don't want to be labeled as a 40-ish writer producer in in Hollywood it would be as you know sexist Uh, it's just not out of touch sexist yeah yeah. out of touch rape Um, apologist yeah 
Yeah, these are not these are not, you know, it's like the type of thing you get away with when you're 70 or 80 in Hollywood, I think still. But I, I don't think it's good for a continuing career. So I, I don't I don't see any worries there. Honestly, right. honest, I don't. Okay. Darkwing White Winner on Tumblr says, hi, I noticed the new season six is excitement. So I assume you'll be having another update podcast when you do, you may want to consider that the Red Priestesses you mentioned in a former Season 6 update may not be followers of Rolar. I think they are more likely the Graces. In A Dance with Dragons, the Green Graces have visions and help Danny rule Marine, but they're not just green. They are red, blue, white, and pink Graces as well. Love the podcast. Okay, if there's priestesses from some new freaking religion, I'm going to exactly. punch someone in the face. <laughs> like, no. Make it simple. Like, the, he, George can write whatever the hell he wants to in the yeah, book. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. But no. In the show, there are the going to be priestess of Reller. Like, that's it. Have they mentioned the, the priestess in the no. show? No, I, don't I think they yeah, stayed so, away from it. Yeah, it's and just got to make it simple. Too late. It's too late to introduce them at this point. Like that would, yeah, would just muddy the waters. Like, yeah, given, given the I mean, confuse regular TV viewers if you're going to add another religion. I mean, right. that's, I mean, shit. People could never even tell the difference between Tywin, Stannis, and Roose. You think they're going to tell between Rather and the Graces and like <laughs> yeah. all this other stuff? Yeah. <sighs> Okay, Watkins. Watkins says the 100th ep was great. I enjoyed the random meandering conversation topics. Will this be a future trend? And may Clearly. all your mouths be fuckable. <laughs> oh, God. That's like the best wish anyone could ever wow. give ever. I love oh, it. Watkins. <sighs> best DM ever, too. Yes, yes. He's going to kill me, I know. Or me. <laughs> Anon on Tumblr says, we've all imagined JB banging in different ways, but do you think they've ever imagined it? And if so, what are their fantasies ab- about how it'll all go down? Thanks for all <laughs> your great work, uh, well ladies. <laughs> I Sorry, think that Brienne has absolutely had fantasies, but they're totally. super vague. Like, she doesn't really know what happens. So she's just like it's like a vague yeah. fantasy of him. So yeah, like, she doesn't fully embrace it enough kind of... to add detail. Whenever she was in that bathtub, she was having <laughs> fantasy about Jamie. Yeah. Rubbing away. Yeah. Think of Renly, think of Renly. <laughs> yeah. Her fantasies must be bath fantasies. They've got bath fantasies. <laughs> With all the smoke <laughs> and lighting, yeah. probably in slow motion. But Jamie, I don't think, has sexual fantasies about Brienne, like, at all. Yet. Yet. Well, other than that dream, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, even then, she's just, yeah. you know, it's not it's particularly not sexual at that maybe point. Terribly he obviously like, maybe he about her pubes all the time now. <laughs> I think if he, like, maybe he jacks off thinking about their sword fight. Oh my god. God. <laughs> Thank you for that visual. And episode. <laughs> okay. Anon says, hey, who's this David Lannister you are all <laughs> Which one of you bitches wrote that? <laughs> okay. Um see it, it, i can't even know i don't even know how to pronounce this it's on the jbo's it's with danielle danielle 
Danny Ellen. Yeah. Okay, live broadcasting to celebrate the 100th episode was epic. Despite the minor technical difficulties, it was so much fun to listen in live and chat with other fans. Thanks for all the hard work y'all do to put out a podcast that is both entertaining and edifying. Amazing work as always. And that was our last comment. And thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ian, for um, the what had to have been our biggest mailbox ever. <laughs> I know, but it might have been the biggest ever. Oh, gosh. So if you want to help us break that record, you can <laughs> tweet to us at Door Podcast, contact us on Tumblr at Close the Door and Come Here, or write to us on Gmail at Close the Door and at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, ladies, for diving into the depths of Cersei's mind with me tonight. <laughs> the murky, murky, awful depths. <laughs> thank you so much for letting yeah, me guess, thanks for guys. Having, <laughs> thanks for uh, joining us, Healy. And um, good night, everyone. Good night. Yay. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Good night. <laughs> Meow, 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 meow,